Welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney. Over the last few weeks, we have been looking at generational inheritance. We've looked at it from a biblical point of view, going through uh, Genesis 1 through to Genesis 9. We've had a look at curses and where they actually come from, the majority of them. We've also looked in our last podcast at what sin, transgression and iniquity actually is, according to the word and the Hebrew understanding of those words. We've also looked at how many people are affecting you today. If a curse is passed down to the third and the fourth generation, it's a total of 30 people that are affecting the patterns that you see operating in your life today. As we go through today's podcast, see if you can pick out anything, any patterns that you see in yourself, your children, your parents, your grandparents, because that is an accusation that is against you in the realm of the spirit that needs to be answered before that curse can be lifted. When I say it needs to be answered, I'm talking about repentance. Just own it. Whether or not you have done it, is not the point. Your DNA stores a record of everything that has gone on in past generations. We spoke about a fluttering sparrow. So a curse without a cause um, alights in your life like that. So if there's something, I spoke about this in the previous episode, if there's something going on in your life, there's a legitimate reason why it's happening. Don't argue about it. Don't go, it wasn't me that did it. Just own it. You are leaving that legacy. You are the voice representing all past and future generations right now. And it's so simple to do. You know, we shouldn't have an attitude of, well, I didn't do this. Justify what it is. Just own it. If you want to see this thing broken, just own it. So one of the first things I want to talk about is what happens when we dabble in the occult, when we are involved in witchcraft. Well, 1 Samuel 15, 23 refers to rebellion as the sin of witchcraft. It says witchcraft is as the sin of rebellion. What happens when we dabble in that occult? Well, Psalm 68 verse 6 says the rebellious, which we've just established is as the sin of witchcraft, dwell in a dry land. They cut off from God. I can't tell you how many people we see in ministry who tell me I've been serving God for 40 years, but it feels like there's a cap, a ceiling on my relationship with him. I feel even though I pour my heart out to him, even though I make time to spend time with him, I feel dry and parched. When you're feeling like that, why don't you just own that sin of witchcraft? And if you go, well, I've never dabbled in witchcraft, bear in mind, you don't know what happened 200, 300 years ago. So just own it. If there's something like that in your bloodline and it's passed down through the DNA, there's no harm in just owning it. There's also another um, scripture, Proverbs 17, verse 11, that says tormentors will be sent against him. Do you see a pattern of mental health issues? Um, Do you see like tormenting in your dreams? Do you have dreams that are so disturbing? Um, It steals your peace. Ezekiel 12, verse 12 and Ezekiel 3, 26 talk about the deaf the dumb and the blind spirit attached to dabbling in the occult or witchcraft. So these are some of the curses that are passed down as a result of dabbling in that occult or the witchcraft side of things. People can't see, they can't discern the true and the living God. Their hearts grow cold. They can hate God. If you even see that where you serve God, but yet those in your bloodline hate him, they um, 
um, atheists or whatever it is. Why don't you own it on behalf of your bloodline and go and deal with this? You can find that in Acts 19 verse 13 to 21. Another curse that comes as a result of dabbling in witchcraft is that your emotions can be affected. There's a negative impact on your mental capacity and your temperaments, your personality, your behavior. Go and check that out in Mark 5, verse 1 to 12. Mental illness is another thing that comes down as a result of dabbling in the occult. Madness, insanity, incoherent speech, confusion, schizophrenia, mental and nervous breakdowns. There's all kinds of sicknesses and symptoms that can't be diagnosed and untimely deaths. Go check that out in Deuteronomy 28 verse 15 and 19 to 22. It's the cause of poverty. If you have constant poverty and lack in your life, it could be as a result of dabbling in the occult. Check out Deuteronomy 28 verse 16 to 19. There's family divisions, alienation, strife, confusion, divorce. Check out Deuteronomy 28, 15 and also 30 to 34. If a nation embraces these practices of um, dabbling in the occult of witchcraft, the word says in Leviticus 18, 24 to 30 that the land becomes defiled and polluted. What about freak accidents, continuous cycles of freak accidents, unexplainable accidents that just don't happen to a normal everyday person? Go and have a look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 19 and 20, and also verse 29. If these things are happening, like you're walking past a building and a fridge, I mean, that where, you know, that's just almost impossible. A fridge falls out of the window, it's going to land on you. That's part of the curse. Premature deaths, cycles of suicide, all connected to this one sin. See Proverbs 2, verse 22. See also Psalms 37 verse 28. See John 10 10 and Ecclesiastes 7 verse 17. As you can tell by now, I am backing everything up that I'm saying with the word of God. So keep your pen and paper. Make a note of all of these references that I'm giving you. But also as I'm walking through things, see if there's patterns that you recognize in your own bloodline because I'm giving you the accusation that is against you to deal with in the courts through repentance. Let's have a look at shedding innocent blood next. So examples of shedding innocent blood, gang initiations, um, you know, where you have to go and beat someone up or you have to kill someone who's innocent. Um, abortion is another um, example of shedding innocent blood. And this is not a judgment if you've had an abortion. But if you want a cycle to stop within your bloodline, just go and own it before the father. You know, we also think of, um, of shedding innocent blood as death. But you know, the Jewish understanding of that is fascinating. Anytime that you humiliate someone and they blush, they, they, the, the Hebrews say that the blood rushes to the skin, to the top of the skin, which is why you go all red in the face, and that is shedding innocent blood. So what is the curse? Ezekiel 14 talks about it. It says, when the land sins, which is like our law actually condoning abortion and financing it, it says he will stretch his hand against it and he will cut off their bread, send famine, and cut it off from man and beast. 
Exodus 23 verse 7 and Deuteronomy 19 verse 10 say, Keep very far from a false matter and be careful not to condemn to death the innocent and the righteous. Let's have a look at illegitimate children. Deuteronomy 23 verse 2 talks about this. It talks about how a curse falls on those that are conceived outside of wedlock. And in today's day and age, it's pretty normal. Um, we, it's, it's quite acceptable in our society today to have children out of wedlock. And if you do, again, this is not a judgment. I'm just merely presenting what the word of God says and giving you some keys to go and deal with patterns and cycles in your bloodline. The word says that the child is a curse. There's also a 10 generation curse that is assigned to having children out of wedlock. King David, we know that he conceives a child out of wedlock in 2 Samuel 11 verse 1 to 5. When a child is conceived out of wedlock, it's conceived out of lust and not, um, not under the guidance of what Yahweh said about how children are conceived within a marriage. So demons of lust are going to follow this bloodline and the cycle is going to perpetuate itself. Other observations of problems that are caused by this curse are never feeling at home for very long in any place, whether it's a church, a house, a country, doesn't matter what it is. It's like itchy feet, you've got to be moving all the time. Never feeling good about yourself. Being ashamed of people looking at you all the time, but you don't know why. There's an overriding fear that follows you everywhere. Striving excessively to succeed, but always stopping short of realizing the goal. So for instance, an example of that is you study, <coughs> excuse me, to become a doctor or whatever it is. And just before you qualify, you sabotage, you self-sabotage just short of realizing the goal. Or it could be that circumstances happen that continually stop you from realizing a goal. There's fear of failure. There's rejection and abandonment issues here. Especially if the child is born and there's no father figure, for instance, um, within that family environment. There's a fear of and a resisting of authority figures. There's fighting verbally and physically. There's not much joy in the natural or the physical life. Now, I've run all of this by my husband, Grant, who was adopted. His parents were in uh, university when, they, when she fell pregnant with him, when his biological mother fell pregnant with him. And she couldn't afford to keep the baby, so she put my husband up for adoption. These he 100% witnesses with within his own life. And of course, it's been a process of working through it in the courts, answering the accusations. I mean, he didn't have a chance breaking that curse, you know, because it says the child is a curse, breaking that curse off of him through repentance. Now, of course, he had no say in the matter. He had no say in what happened in his life. But in order to stop it perpetuating in another generation, he just owned it and dealt with it. Note this as well in Hebrews 12, verse 5 to 8. It says, if you do not heed the chastisement of the Lord, he considers you as bastards and not sons. This is the Bible's words, not mine. Unforgiveness. It says the curses you'll be delivered unto the torturers. You can find that in Mark 11, verse 25 and 26, or Matthew 18, 34 and 35. What about murder? In Genesis 9 verse 6, 
we we hear about Cain killing Abel. Now here's the curse. It says, whoever sheds men's blood, by man will his blood be shed. So where you have these um, needless killings, you know, within your bloodline, someone is murdered or whatever it is. You know, I had a situation not too long ago, a few years ago, where my uncle was murdered in his shop that he owned in South Africa. But not long after that, and that was so devastating to the family, but not long after that, um, his son was actually at home and these guys had come to his house to kill him. Luckily, he was out at the time. Word was able to be sent to him saying, your life is in danger. Don't come here. As soon as I heard that, I began to repent on behalf of my bloodline because we are connected by DNA. We have the same DNA. Our mothers are sisters. So I can own that that bloodline issue um, of shedding innocent blood or murder on behalf of my bloodline. I'm happy to say my cousin is still um, safe and secure and that is done. But I, that's how I saw that playing out in my life. And that's what I did when I noticed some a recurring pattern about to happen here. In Romans 13 verse 4, there's, it talks about a curse on the magistrates who do not punish murderers. We also know that when Cain killed Abel, he became a vagabond. A vagabond means to move from place to place, never find a home, never be on track, never have direction, have a life of poverty, be a wanderer. If this is something that you notice within your life, why not take that accusation of murder before the throne and just begin to own it? Own that accusation that is against you so that that paperwork against you can be um, expunged. Notice also a person who hates his brother is viewed as a murderer. 1 John 3.15 says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. So I'm, I'm going to stop there today. Um, and I will continue part two of this in my next podcast. But please take a few moments and prayerfully go before the Father because you might be getting keys here to breaking the, the patterns and the cycles that you see operating in your bloodline. Have the most amazing day and I'll see you next time.